I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shameless Sex Podcast, your bonus episode. You know, the bonus episodes have been a little confusing because we only, well, we used to do one episode a week. All of a sudden it is two a week, but we're still doing some bonus episodes. And you know what that means? Ad free. Now, with all I said that, we do have love some brands and we might you know say a name or two of some things here, you know, Uber Lube, Shameless Sex, Hot Octopus, things like that. Um, we were just talking about shaving balls with Manscaped, <laughs> but we're not doing any ads. We are here to have some fun today. This is a different episode than anything we've ever done before. Uh, we, we answer sex questions. We've never just had a guest shamelessly come on the show with, and you all get to know their first and last name. You can Google them and find out the work they do and see their face. Um, and they're going to shamelessly ask us some questions about sex from a man's perspective. We've been on his show before yes. and so fun. It was awesome. And, and so it's Nick Scopoletti. Did I say that right? Scopoletti. Yeah, Nick Scopoletti. Scopoletti. <laughs> you guys have Italians out there? Like five of them. I think I know maybe like one or two. I don't know. (laughs) No, we have some Italians out here in Santa Cruz, but yeah, not too many of them. Hey, Nick Scopoletti, we tell our listeners more about uh, you're a comedian. You have a podcast. Tell them all about you. Yes, I am a stand-up comedian and I guess was a personal trainer at Equinox. (laughs) Um, They're currently closed. For those of you who don't know what's going on or don't watch the news. Um, I'm right outside of like, I'm in Southern Connecticut, right outside of New York. Um, and my podcast, podcast you guys were on, and I can't believe you came on because the name of it is the Mangina Dialogues. <laughs> and every time I say that name, I'm like, God damn it. Like, what? <laughs> couldn't we have thought of something better? Like what happened here? Um, but yeah, it, it's a fun podcast. Um, I do it with actually a guy who used to be my client. Uh, Greg used to be my client at Equinox, but he was in the entertainment world and then found out I did stand up and then we kind of partnered up in this whole thing. It's kind of been a whirlwind. We started so, last summer and it's been really fun. So. Are you, so you're a personal trainer. Do you like stretch people out? Like that was the most awkward fucking thing when I had a personal <laughs> trainer, when my personal trainer, this was back when I lived in Southern California and he used to like stretch me out and it was the most fucking awkward thing. I'd be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, do you really have to get deep in there? But like, uh, I liked you don't it, have to, okay. you don't have to. Okay. I don't know what he was doing. Okay. He, did. But... he went like real with it. And he would like look eye gaze with me. And it was, I mean, <laughs> it was a bit awkward because I wasn't like super into it. I was just like, ah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it really depends. I, I'm, uh, to be honest, my, my job, I'm a goofball, but I'm very professional when it comes to that. Like, but also, you know, not a lot of my clients look like you guys. So I don't know how. What know, are you trying little, to say? They don't look like me? Would, no, you, no, stre- would you stretch me out older. really deep, Nick? Would you stretch me out? Oh, 
okay, a okay. older, okay? It's so you, you stretch them, but just a little less, a little less on the stretchy side. Not as hard. You can't break old women and keep your job. That's not how it no. goes. <laughs> Unless they're paying you for that in particular. And that's, yeah, that's outside of work I do that. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing after work, Nick? Uh, do you want to come stretch me out a little deeper? <laughs> when I was working, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to bed because I get up at 4.30 every day. So oh. I really didn't do, yeah, it was rough. What time are you getting up now with that the COVID thing? Um, you know, I was, the beginning of this felt like I was back in college and I was waking up at like, well, actually I used to wake up at noon in college. I was waking up at like 8 a.m. <laughs> That's and, late. Yeah. Now it is. Now it is. Uh-huh. And, it, and it throws me off. And today I actually, I had to wake up at 5 um, and it felt more normal and I had a more productive day. So mm-hmm. I think I've been getting into a routine, like setting an alarm because for a while there it was like, it was just too much. What time so- do you go to bed though? Like 10? I'm, again, it's like now I go to bed, like could be 11, could be midnight. I'm trying to finish up Sopranos again. So <laughs> I'm trying to finish that last season. I'm trying, I'm binge watching everything. Like it's Aren't just, we all? Yeah. yeah, right. I don't Dude. know. The, I've been watching Billions again. I'm like, God, this is sometimes good and sometimes not so good. I'm like getting really cr- critical of all the series, like the acting and stuff. I'm like, this set sucks. Like <laughs> I've seen so many better. And I'm like, why am I such an asshole? Oh, because I've been bin- binge watching like 350 plus shows a day, I feel like. So yeah. anyway, uh, I, I feel like I've never been a morning person and I respect people who wake up at 5 a.m. and have that, that aren't parents, right. That don't have like a child, like screaming that, that wake up at 5am with, with a productive mindset. Amy's kind of one of those. You're like 7.30, Amy, 7.45. On a, on a, so I have, I I was like five. Yeah. Right. Um, I was looking at you. I was like, what? Yeah. That's ungodly hour. Um, yeah. I definitely not a fan of waking when it's still dark outside. And I'm for a me, for me, like on a good day, it's seven to seven 30 lately. It's been kind of like eight o'clock and, um, yeah, I've been, I've been catching up on more sleep these days too. So it's an interesting time, but this is, you know, this is an opportunity here. And that's one thing you reached out to us. So you were like, you came on my podcast. Why do I come on yours? I will unabashedly ask some sex questions, which is quite brave. I will say, I'm very happy that you're doing it. This is already fun and it's going to be super fun as we grill you. Just kidding. We're not going to grill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys went for it. I tricked you. So this yeah. is cool. I <laughs> loved, I loved the, how you communicated. He sent us a group text message and was like, Hey, and so we're going to ask you kind of the question too in a moment. Uh, but I loved how you approached it and I'm excited that you, that, that you're here and that you're open and shame free and going to talk with our listeners. Cause I think they will really resonate with this. Well, and I also want to highlight that I, th- I think this is going to be a generalization, but I, I find that um, a lot of vulva owners are uh, maybe a little more open in sharing their stuff, their vulnerability. Like, I don't know, like women, groups of women get together and they're like, hey, I'm having a hard time having orgasm or like my, you know, et cetera. Whereas a lot of men are not necessarily doing that because there's this stigma, this idea that men are supposed to have it all together, have all the answers and be these like sex pros when really all of them, all of y'all penis owner humans, you probably have questions and I have moments where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Or like, how does this work? Um, so I'm just really, I really appreciate you. Like, I think that, um, on a, if uh, you just went up like two points in hotness in my book and I just saw your face <laughs> for the first time, but you're like, like that just, I'm, a, I find that attractive when a man is like, 
when you're know, like, no, I like I, I want to learn about this. I think that it's really beautiful. So thank you yeah, for being that's that's how I mean that like I said to you guys off air, that's just how I've been. My my again, I'm a trainer, my background was exercise science, all about performance enhancement. I was obsessed from teenage life to later in life competing, you know, played football, powerlifting, bodybuilding. I literally just want to know information in all aspects of life so that I can win. And by win, I mean, just do better. And that's it. I don't care where it comes from or who said it. I don't have an ego about it. Like, I just want to win. That's it. Like, same thing with my clients. <laughs> I just want to win and help them. And help Nick, myself. you piss excellence, okay? You I try. <laughs> trying to piss tequila tonight, though. For the mile. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. I know. Nowhere, to go. Nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. Cinco de Mayo in your own house. Get a little mini sombrero. Yeah. <laughs> Pass out by 10 p.m. That's it. Um, do you want to dive in? We want to start with the first one? Are we ready? Whatever you guys want to do. We have three topics for the day. One about shame, another about oral sex, and another about relationships. April, would you like to start with numero uno? No, no. I want to start with number three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, like, I'm just... Fuck, that's the harder one. <laughs> God damn it. Damn it. I really wanted to say number two. Oh, you can say number two. Because I, I always like saying thank you, number two. Okay, I'll go number one. You'll go number two then. Okay, here we go. Awesome Bowers. All right. <laughs> so you'll stay number two. Okay, number one. We're Let's start with shame and how that shows up in your life today. Earlier, you shared a story with us about being shamed during one of your first sexual experiences when you were 11. Can you tell us a little more about this? What did that look like when the shame happened and how is it showing up today? So long story short, I guess um, I was, you know, I, I rethought it. I think I was actually 12, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, I was 12 years old and um you know, I was, there was this girl I liked and I will never forget. I was in the back of my dad's car with her. My dad was driving and, um, she reached over and grabbed me on my penis <laughs> and she, you know, was rubbing whatever. And then basically ended up giving me like a hand job and I had a coat over me. I remember it was winter time, all this stuff. She was very, you know, she was aggressive. I'm 12 years old. I'm, I just didn't know what to do. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Whatever's happening. Just let this happen. Um, we talked, we would like talk on the phone a lot back then. And she was, you know, again, getting aggressive, talking dirty, as dirty as a 12 year old can talk. Like, who knows? (laughs) It probably was not awesome. You know what I mean? Thinking about it. But, um, and then I'd try to reciprocate and, uh, then it went on for a little while. And then eventually one day she told her parents that I was being sexually aggressive with her. And I was like, but I was like, what? I, I, I was very, very lost and confused about that. And, you know, her parents told my parents and that was a nightmare, especially for one of your first sexual experiences. And then shortly after that, a similar situation happened where uh, a girl did the same thing to me. And the rumor kind of got around school that it happened. I told no one because I was just didn't want it, you know, didn't want it to happen again. Somehow it got out. She told people, turns out. And then when she was confronted about it by other people, she just lied about it. And she was like, ew, him? No way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you're, again, when you're 12 years old, your limit is like, you're already up to like your eyebrows and like what you can handle emotionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. So after that, you're just, I was just a wreck. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like I said in the in the email, I think it translates a little bit into my adult life. Like I was a li- like I'm a little bit gun shy 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I could be funny and like aggressive in that manner. But when it comes down to like pulling the trigger or doing what you need to do, like, I don't want to, you know, A, get rejected, B, hurt anyone or offend anybody or, you know, someone take it the wrong way, anything like that. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of like my first experience. And I think it's definitely I've talked to some of my buddies about it, and I think it's definitely carried on a little bit into my adult life for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and I, I actually have written here, you know, I have your, the third question that we'll ask you later, but as I, you're saying, I'm like, oh, I think they're, I mean, I think every, all of it's related, all these things that we're going yeah, to yeah. probably be talking about today, because everything is so connected, you know, our emotional selves, our spiritual selves, if you're a spiritual person and our, you know, our physical beings um, and our, you know, our sexuality to our non-erotic selves are all just like interlaced. Or, and, and so in these early experiences of being a young person, but we're so vulnerable and so easily imprinted, they do set a default like that, especially with sexuality. Um, they, they, it kind of hangs out with you. So you, know, you had these experiences where, Hey, there's this pleasure, like, Oh, right. There's this thing going on. It feels kind of good. And it's happened in my dad's car, but all right, I'm going to go with it. And then it keeps <laughs> going for a little bit. Oh, this is kind of aggressive, but I'm going to go then start kind of doing what she's doing too. And then you get called out on it in a way that creates shame that this is not okay. This is wrong. This is bad. Um, and then later on something similar kind of reaffirms that. And I, that's so hard and I'm sorry you went through that. And, and also this is so common for like women have this too, right? It's like that you don't want to be too slutty and you don't want to be too prudish. And for men, it's like, you don't want to be too creepy and rapey and you also <laughs> don't want to be like too feminine. And so where the fuck are we supposed to be in there? You when and especially now we're in the you know, Me Too movement, which like thank goodness for for the Me Too movement, but now it's also like be a lot. There's with people who aren't already walking on eggshells. I think people are more now um, from all ends, all all sides of it. Um, yeah. So you were not dealt an easy deck of cards to to work with because there's these this imprinting that hung out it was set then and that back then and is now with you. And so now when you show up with with women, you're saying, um, you're, you say you're not, you're not aggressive, meaning like you're not the one, you can be funny, da, 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 but like the, there isn't a lot of like just you just being really confident and straightforward, like I want this or I want you. I, I, I've gotten a lot better at it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Probably, I mean, four years ago, I was a completely different person. Like now I've definitely, I'm definitely more confident, probably the most confident I've ever been um, and with stuff like that. But still, I find moments where there's like, just moments of doubt or if like, Hey, I don't want to upset or offend anybody. You know what I mean? There's like this weird balance. It's always there in the back of my head. I for sure gotten better at it, but it's one of those things that I'm like, you know, what has helped you, what has helped you kind of move through some of that stuff when you say you've, that you've gotten better. Cause that, and thank you, as Amy said, thank you for sharing that vulnerable I mean, being 12 too, you, you don't have the mental capacity to sort of handle a lot of the things, especially from a sexual standpoint, you may have seen it in movies or, and you thought that that was what you were supposed to do. And the fact that that had to happen and, you know, it was, you felt probably from, from that point on that maybe, I don't know if you've ever felt you've done something wrong or that you should have handled it differently, but carrying that over, that's got to be really, really hard. And, And yes, as like, thank you, as Amy said, for sharing and being vulnerable. And so you mentioned that it has 
it's been better in the past four years. Do you think that there's some work that you've done or something that's helped you along the way to sort of get to that point? Or is there more, uh, there's always more work to do, but what do you, what do you think has helped? I think, you know, I think there's a lot of things and I'm, I'm trying to make this, I won't go too long winded here. But um, I've had like a lot of loss in my life. Like I lost my mother when I was six. And three years ago, I lost my grandmother. And that was my mom's mom. She practically raised me. That, and it was very sudden. That moment uh, changed a lot of things for me. It was one of the worst things to ever happen to me, hands down. But 1% of it was probably a little bit of sometimes, it was almost the best thing that ever happened to me. 1% of that. Let me, let me make that clear. (laughs) The rest of it was horrible. Um, but just in that moment, I I was in a, I was in a place at that time where I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Like I was still training, but like I had all these questions. I was very unsure of myself. And then that situation kind of showed some things between like family and who was really there for you. And, you know, when money gets involved, these family members got a little weird and I was like, wow, this is my whole life. I thought you guys were this way and they weren't mean to me, but they definitely had a, I don't know if they say, say this right, but like kind of looked down on me a little bit, you know, they, they had a little resentment towards me and then the money got involved and it was just, it was a nightmare. But, um, after that I did a lot of like, I guess you would say soul searching. And trying to figure out why. And I always used to have this narrative in my head that like everyone else has it figured out. And I, I'm this and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't. And then you come to realize fucking no one has it figured out. <laughs> Not one person. You know, a lot of my, all my close friends, I'm the last single friend of my group. A lot of my buddies are all married and kids and it's great and all that. I thought like you have kids, you're married with a house, like you know everything, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right? You have everything figured out. But, you know, and not to put there's like, no one has it figured out. Mm. So stop being so hard on yourself. It's a waste of time and it's holding you back from what you really want to do. I can't tell you the amount of missed opportunities I've had, whether it be career or with girls, just because I wasn't confident enough or I thought, you know, I'm not good enough for this. I I can't, I won't be able to do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um <clears throat> that changed a lot for me. That um and just I haven't stopped working at it. And then I'm just kind of getting better at work and then starting stand-up. All these things, they all kind of worked in unison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm definitely in a better place now. I'm the most confident I'd say I'd ever been. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that too. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate all the the vulnerable shares. This this episode is gonna be like a mixture of like vulnerable and like funny and vulnerable and funny. We're gonna do all of them, <laughs> which I think is a great great balance. That's how April and I um, operate too. We really appreciate when people really share from their hearts, and then like we can have laughter elsewhere there too. I um, think well, one thing. Sorry, Amy, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I just I'm gonna. I have a long winded version, so go ahead. <laughs> uh, one thing that just really resonates with with me, like hearing you speak, is that I think that comedy has been a way for me to to really process a lot of my uh, 
anxious energy that I've experienced throughout my life and a lot of my trauma. And, and yes, I've deflected a lot of things that have happened to me with humor. It's also empowered me in this way because it, it helps. And I don't know, and I don't want to speak for you. And I just, I just want to commend you for, for doing standup because that is something I have never done. It's always intrigued me. And I always have this deep respect for people. And I do also think a lot of folks that do standup, it stems from some sort of uncomfortability or this vulnerability, right? That like, uh, well, of course it's vulnerable because you're on stage with people yeah. and can, that could be heckling you. Yeah. At the same time, there's all of the shit that you have to overcome that makes you more of a boss when you can do stand-up. So I just wanted to say I relate to you and, and in, that, in that way because um, I've endured a lot, of, a, a lot of weird stuff in my life and comedy has, has really helped me. And I'm not a comedian, but I've mm-hmm. fucking... You know, I'm funny, right? Sometimes, Amy, Amy, no, anybody, no, 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 all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm funny. No, absolutely. Humor, humor's, humor's a big thing. My dad, uh, just real quick, my dad is just very, uh, you know, he lost. I mean, he lost his his wife. You know, he was left with a six year old son, which is me and him. So, but he always, even like later in life, it, it may, people may think it's dark, but like he would just make little jokes. Like when I was later in life, when I was like 13 or so. I would come home or he would come home. I would just be chilling alone. And he'd be like, your mother didn't make dinner again. Unbelievable. And we mm. would both start laughing like shit like that. Mm. I tell people that story sometimes like, Oh my God. And I'm dark. Like, yeah. Like yeah. we laughed. It helped us. It's my thing. It's not your thing. Just yeah. relax. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And, and everyone has different ways of, of, of coping, of course. Um, and, and that linking the comedy to this, you know, this whole piece about the shame showing up and, and maybe the, the confidence piece in um, being the aggressor. Um, okay. Uh, there's, there are people who have like Trip Kramer, who has the How to Talk to Girls podcast. He has this whole specific formula on, you know, how you can learn as someone who's not confident, right, on how to talk to white girls. And we're like, why girls? Why is it not women? You know, and, and like, you know, and, and you could go down that route and it's very different than what I will say right now. And, and, and I think he sees results, right? So I'm not discrediting what, what he does. I'll speak for myself as um, a woman. I bet April will probably agree. And we are probably different from your average everyday um, woman who, because it's a lot of people are kind of a little more mainstream. They don't kind of, they don't question the way they think. They're not into like expanding beyond their reality. Um, it's scary to do that. So I understand that. Um, so what I will say is motherfucking authenticity is huge. And part of authenticity to me is one humor. And two is owning your shit, including your vulnerability. And part of that is could be the scary stuff too of how scary it is to be the aggressor, of how scary it is to, you know, to hit hit on someone or, or it may be the first time you walk up to women, it's not like, hey, I'm really scared to talk to you, but I'm gonna talk to you. You know, maybe not like that. But I'm, I feel like that's not the move. I feel like that wouldn't move. work. Not no. the move. But as I am scared. Like, yeah. What the hell? But obviously, <laughs> like, away from me. yeah, they're gonna be like, what? But obviously, you've tapped into something deeper for you, and that's comedy, and that's a big part of who you are. It's a part of your essence and part of your character. It's part of your language of how you speak to people. It's a part of how you cope. It's a part of how you connect. That is gold. Now you don't want it all to be comedy because you know you got to have some seriousness there. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. but comedy is your opener. And it's probably what makes you feel safe and it helps you to connect with people. And then as you get to know them, when you feel more, they're like, there's a more of a connection there, then you can open the doors for all these other things. I personally, when I feel like there's a connection there, 
when a person opens up about their hard shit, I fucking love it. I'm known as the girl that loves people who talk about childhood wounding. That's my like ear porn. <laughs> like, oh my God, he is so hot. He talked about his therapist and childhood wounding. And I know I'm different from a lot of people. Maybe so- I need to move to California. Yeah. <laughs> move to California, but it depends. Girls are, girls are different out there. <laughs> well, but who are you trying to attract, right? Who are you? And it's, I'm not saying that everyone's trying to attract me, but if you want to attract folks who are on a similar path, people have been through hardship, people who respect uh, authenticity, vulnerability, respect your, or now and can also laugh about things, et cetera. Um, then I, I, I'm, I'm just curious about that. You know, there's this whole, the whole history of what you've gone through and you kind of know so much more about who you are, about what feels right and true to you. And I think what a lot of people do in the dating world is they're just trying to attract, not necessarily everyone, but just attract people in general instead of like, I'm going to attract my people. And right. my, cause my people, I can fully show up as all of me, no matter what that is. And they're going to get it, whether we just end up being friends or we get a date out of it. And then maybe you don't have to worry so much about the, like, am I, you know, am I good enough here? Now the creepy rapey thing, that is a hard, still a hard one to yeah. deal with. Um, I would imagine if you're someone who's aware of it, you're probably not being creepy or rapey because the people that I think are crossing over that, that boundary, um, don't, it seems to me they don't really have a huge awareness about this. I'm not thinking, Oh my God, I want to be careful. I want to be careful. Um, and so you're probably on the safer side of that. And I would imagine if even if you loosen the reins a little bit, you, and I can't say for sure. Um, but you're, yeah, that's just my, my guess when people are like, hyper aware of it it makes it so that they're extra cautious was there a question in there amy um not necessarily <laughs> there was just oh. like yeah some some thoughts and and you know I mean, you can you can share any of your thoughts on anything that i said or any feedback we're like fuck that that's bullshit no no i mean i everything you said i pretty much agree with that that makes sense there's there's a line like you said with the the me too movement it's just it, it's funny one of my clients <laughs> She's hilarious. She's from Long Island. So, you know, it's a different demographic in the Northeast. They're a little tougher, more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, she was basically like, you know, I'm all for this Me Too stuff, but also like, you know, throw me up against the wall and kiss me. You know what yeah. I mean? And I You're started, like, ah, how do I do? Yeah. I started dying laughing. She's like, you know, a mom, she's married. And I was like, that is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it's like trying, like you said, tread the line. I definitely don't think. Uh, like I, again, now it's probably better than it's ever been, mm-hmm. but I was talking with a buddy of mine. Uh, he was single a few years ago with me and we were talking about this exact thing and he's like, ask them, you should ask them, see what they say. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Makes yeah. Sense. Ask me. I just wrote a PR piece about sexting and in it, one of the questions they asked was like, why are men just wanting to like send dick pics right away? And you know, because that's a, anyway. I just got to say, yeah. I, I sent one in 2011. <laughs> did you do it? Like the first thing you ever did before you said hi? That no, no. I no. This, <laughs> no. This was, this was a girl I hooked up with in yes. college. There you go. And there it was shortly yeah. after we graduated. This was not a rent. I just got to talk about this for a little bit. The fact that guys do this, like, you know, I have female friends or whatever. We've had like, you know, you know, females on the podcast, like comics and they're like very attractive females. And they're like, yeah, I just get like, I wake up to like 10 dick pics Mm -hmm. in my, and I'm like, (laughs) guys, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) How do you, how do you think that's going to go? I I used when I was, (laughs) when I was 18, I was a bouncer at a bar 
um, 18 to 20. I was a bouncer at a bar in New Haven, Connecticut here. So not a great area. And I would see guys go up behind girls without permission and start to like try to dance with them, like grind on them. And mm-hmm. the girls would push them away. And the guy would look at me and be like, do you see that? I'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm throwing you out. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> dude, how like, many wh- clubs? How did you think I, that was going to go, and dude? And they come up with like a hard dick and they like press it into your bum. Yes. That yeah. shit is weird. That's happened many times. Or you, you push them and they come back for more. And you're like, I just, I just, I just moved you away. <laughs> I saw, I saw that a lot. Like girls, like if you two are out or like a group of you guys. Oh, like, the block that the girls stay, pulling their friend away. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I watched that so many times. Or like they're like, oh, she has a boyfriend, and like pulls her. <laughs> they start walking away. It's just I sad that it. that even has to happen. I'm the the friend that I'm five nine, so I would like I if April. I, this happened in April. We we go out dancing so like, April, many times. Why is always it, like why? Why do you always why get this, that? Yeah. Why does this happen to you? Is it because I'm five nine and you're five five? Is it like your energy? Dudes like, will and, like pick me up and like spin me around. And Amy's yeah. like, what the fuck? Don't so, do that. Put yeah. her down. Yeah. And like, I come in and I'm not like she has a boyfriend. I'll, like I'll like I'll just throw my body in there. Like, dude, I'll take it. I'm five nine, man. I can like come in here and just block him and I'll like dance all crazy with my elbows and shit and but at any rate totally a tangent but how ridiculous is that that Wait, we have to do that I want to share one little tiny piece too. the dick pics I get obsessed with what is the dick pic set in like what is the ambiance are they in a bathroom and how dirty is the motherfucking bathroom that nah, they took get that a, in you gotta get a sunset a sunset yeah, you in the gotta background. get a nice cool. background yeah. and yeah. and just one time and we won't name names because we never do amy received a pre-recorded dick pic and it was a dick vid and i was like this is pre-recorded dick vid because and she's like what do you mean she's like i wouldn't have even thought of that i'm like it's nighttime right now you just sent this five minutes ago and it's daytime how many times has you sent that dick vid right yeah but the best part of this story is that april is now april's partner (laughs) that guy that dick pic (laughs) The one that she called out and she's like, that's not the, the person I had sex with twice it's is now true. her partner. <laughs> I called. You know what? Up. That's it. I'm fucking moving to California. Yeah. I'm, that, sick of actually, the, I'm sick of the Northeast. I've been here my whole life. The answer Come to all, all your sex questions is just move to California. Move You're to in California. the wrong state. <laughs> uh, okay. The last thing I'll just say on that dick pic note, though, um, when I wrote the article, though, what I said was... Um, I don't, I don't want to say don't be a jackass, but don't be a fucking jackass. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people that just send dick pics like the first thing that they do without I, saying anything. I don't like, get it. Attunement is a real thing. If you're actually very present for another person's energy and paying attention to their verbal cues, to their body language, to like, huh, how, you know, how connected are we? Chances are uh, that you will probably have an idea of like what might be appropriate there, like when based on where they're at and, meet, and meeting them. And it's when you're checked out and you're kind of doing the like, oh, this is what I should say, or I'm in my own experience, not paying attention to the person. That's when some weird shit happens. So that's, I think that just, just adding that in there before we move on to the next piece is just like, if people feel like that's hard for them, start practicing your attunement with people and start practicing with your presence and your ability to pay attention to where the other person's at. The weird yeah, thing I'm, about that, though, wait, Amy, is that I was attuned with this Uber driver and he asked for my <laughs> my Facebook name. And I was like, why? And we were attuned. I was like, oh, you're so cool. He's a musician. Next thing you know, he friend requested me on Facebook and sent me a picture of his two-handed dick. Just because you thought two-handed. you were attuned. Nice. Two-handed. 
Damn. No, we were cool where there was no sexual energy. But he obviously wasn't attuned to you because you... Uh, that was misconstrued. He, he obviously... He was trying to get my name so he could send me his two-handed dick, and then he knew where I lived because he dropped me off. So you oh, were like, boy. oh, like... Yeah, she's all like, la, 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 we're attuned. In his mind, he's like, I'm not, I don't get this woman. I'm going to get her fucking info so I can send her a two-handed dick pic. Anyway, that, so I just wanted to say so that I thought it was yeah. I was attuned. Maybe it was the whiskey I, I was it. drinking earlier. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying that the people that are crossing the boundaries, like slow the fuck down, be more present, pay attention to the other person's energy. And then you're not the creepy rapey guy or person. I think, I think that's a big thing too, is when like, even when I meet with like a client for the first time or someone like at work, I'm very laid back and I've been told multiple times, they're like, you're such a great listener. Like this was so good. I felt so comfortable. It's really because there's really nothing at risk there. Like I'm not like, you know, there's no, there is a little bit like they might not train with you, which is, you know, not to be cocky. It's rare for me. Right. So they, you know, they might not train with you, but when dating, I'm thinking like, okay, there, I need this person to like me. You know, there's a little bit of that. Like I need someone to like, there's, there's risk here. Like it's different, blah, blah, blah. But really, like you just said, I should just be more um, in the moment. One of my best friends told me that he's like, when he was dating, he was like, dude, and he goes, I'm going out, I'm meeting a person. I, they could be an awesome person and a friend. Like they don't have to be the next whatever. He yeah. goes, it could be a great person to have around. Who knows? Yeah. And if anything, you know, especially now I do comedy, it's like, hey, go on a date. You might get a story out of it or you know what I mean? something to use on stage. Mm-hmm. And that's like a great entry point to kind of, or leading point to the next question, which is something that you had texted Amy and I about. And, and I actually really valued you uh being vulnerable about this. And I've also, as a vulva owning human, resonated with this because this has also been a thing for me. It's very difficult. And I brought up your question in between the text message and the recording of this podcast to uh, several of my uh, vulva owning friends, and they also feel uh, the same. So this is uh, about like, it's difficult. So the question is, let's talk about oral sex. And a lot of folks out there, uh, you know, they, especially penis owners, they, it's, it's a thing that is like this dominant submission thing. It's like a, it's great. Some people enjoy it. Some people don't. You have mentioned to us that you've never orgasmed from oral sex. And what I would love is for you to tell us a little bit more about that. And um, yeah, just like, let's open it up and talk about it. All right. So first and foremost, I thought you guys were saying Volvo owners for a second. <laughs> All those I was like, that's a great Volvo car. That's very, you know, these girls are pretty and they're like, they have efficient cars. That's smart. That's smart ladies. <laughs> they're safe. They're efficient and safe. Yeah. All I those. swear to God, I was like, oh, now I got it. Um, but <laughs> uh, it's okay. You know, I have the reading level that I have. You're pretty. I 12, you're pretty, so. Nick. You're so pretty. I Good think you're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> 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 So, <laughs> so yeah, I have never, ever in my life came from getting oral sex. And the first thing that comes, obviously you guys are the experts here. The first thing that comes into my mind, just the control thing, because during sex, no problem there ever. Um, it has been a good, like a funny jumping off point when you start like seeing a girl and they're like, you're like, you know, they're going down you. They're like, are you going to come? I'm like, I've actually never came. They're like, Oh, it's a challenge, right? Like you challenge, it's a big challenge for me. I was like, no, 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 I'm 32. It's never happened. I don't think it's going <laughs> to, I was like, I'm not trying to like, 
reverse psychology on you. Like it's just never happened. Okay. Um, but my first thing that comes to my mind is a control thing. And I just wanted to, you know, I don't really have much to say except what do you guys think about that? I I have been with uh, a number of men who said they have never or like very rarely orgasm from oral sex. Um, and, and there a part of me is, I won't say like, oh, I'm going to change that. But I'm more like, I get curious. I'm like, oh, do you know, have you, do you understand, do you think, what's your theory on why that might be? Is it, is it vulnerable to have a face like that close to your genitals? Had someone shamed your genitals before that it didn't smell good, taste good, look good? Did um, someone say you're taking too long? Did you ever have an experience where um, you had sex with someone or other play, but they just never wanted to put their mouth on your cock? So it created this default, the story that your cock wasn't worthy of being touched with a mouth um, or any of those resonate with you, like first sexual experiences that may have created the story? The only, honestly, the only thing, and this, I can't believe I forgot about this. It just reminded me. My uh, first girlfriend, uh, when I was in high school, um, you know, she would, you know, go down on me and it like, I remember it not being great. And then, (laughs) and then one night it was like, oh my God, did you take an online class? Like what, what happened? Like, this is incredible. And she straight up was like, well, I was trying to make it not that good at first. So you would make me stop doing it because I don't really like it. And I was like, oh, you never told me that. A. Uh huh. <laughs> and B, I was like, what a weird tactic. Like, just say it. <laughs> Why did you have to pretend to be bad at it for a month? That is, <laughs> is such an odd tactic. So this is, and this is when you were kind of your earlier. Seven, so, 17. Young. Okay. I was 17, yeah. Great. Sorry that happened to you. And here's how I'll relate to you. So my first three people that I slept had, had penetrative sex with, I think I, I, I'm not going to say lost my virginity. I had sex for the first time. Um, and the first three people, um, they never went down on me. They, um, they, and I didn't know, I didn't ask for either. I didn't really know a lot about being able to advocate for my pleasure in that way, nor did they offer it. And I went down on them and we had penetrative sex. Um, and and not pointing fingers at them. It's not their fault. Also, it's society's fault. It's education, lack of education about pleasure. It's all these things. And it's, and it's me on me too for not asking. But I just didn't know I could. Anyways, created a default uh, that made it um, very hard to relax when I receive, when someone goes down on me. And so there's a lot of uh, like a squeamishness that can happen. It takes a lot for my body to fully relax. When someone's going down on me, there's a constant story of like, am I taking too long? I'm, I'm probably, I'm not going to come. I very rarely come from this. I actually do very rarely come from oral sex alone. Um, and um, so I can relate to that. And, and is an example of our first sexual experiences, again, back similar with this question one, they get they create a neural pathway and it's it, it hangs out with us for a long time. We can totally work with it and overcome it at, at some point because your largest sex organ is your brain. Um, but it's just this some old thing. And since you had so many years go by, since you're so old, uh, yeah, where, man, elderly, where, where you have yet to have an orgasm or oral sex, the story continues. I don't do this, so it's not going to happen. So of course, it's not going to happen when the story is this isn't. I'm not going to do this, and that's also coming out of like you know, they're a goal oriented society when it comes to sex that we live in where we're very much like, it's not successful if you don't orgasm or oral sex serves no time or place unless it's leading to orgasm or penetrative sex. Otherwise it's pointless. I don't agree with any of these things, but that's what we're kind of looking at. Um, I just, 
I wanted to share something too, because I feel like you could find the right human. So that aligns with you and your process, because for me, I've never, and and I'm not saying I'm this human for you. I'm partnered already. Is this human for you? Yeah. I'm moving, I'm moving out there. So just get ready. But what I'm, I've, I've never, when I've given oral sex, especially when I'm talking about blowjobs or we'll say fellatio to be PC here. It's uh, Italian. It's like my last name. It's Italian. Fellatio. My last name's (laughs) fellatio. So when I've done that, I actually do not like to uh, go to the point of uh, extraction, if you will. Let's say the point <laughs> of the ejaculate. You're a special agent. You're a blowjob <laughs> special agent. I try not to extract the, the what what the uh, end goal is because I like it as a preparatory tool for the rest. Same. As meaning, like I like to align with my partner in other ways, other than and and I know that isn't necessarily what everyone's about. And I'm not saying that uh, you know my way is the right way. This is just what I've known. I had some trauma around. Uh, blowjobs early in my life. I was like 14. And so it was something that was pretty much off the table for a long time, incorporating it back into my life. Uh, you know, hence like in my, uh, now my mid thirties, I, I guess I'm in my late thirties now. Damn it. Uh, regardless, doesn't matter. Uh, I love blowjobs now and still do not take them to the level of that, that it needs to be a full orgasm situation. I think it's happened one time with my current partner and I, who is the only partner I've actually let Ejaculate, ejaculate in my mouth also from pre-trauma days. Now, for those folks out there that are in the same kind of that, that same realm of, of maybe you've never orgasmed, you are a penis owner that's never orgasmed from oral, that's okay, right? If it feels good, if it doesn't feel good to you, okay, maybe then like let's change it up. If, if it feels good, then maybe just that's a communication. And that's kind of what I, what I go into with when I was uh, in the experience with my partner, when we were first meeting, I was like, Hey, I just want you to know, I've never had come in my mouth and I'm not there yet. And I like this as a foreplay mechanism, not necessarily for uh, all of it. And I do that before I actually, you know, start sucking on the dick. I'm not like, Hey, can I tell you something? I'm <laughs> just tell you. So FYI, don't like to talk. Good, with the good dick girl. In my mouth. Very smart. Yes. Yes. That's smart. Good. Smart. Right. So I just, I just think that you perhaps can find someone that you align with and, and then maybe eventually or multiple people that you align with. There's 7.8 billion people and ticking. And so there's, it's got to be someone out there that uh, just, you know, feels kind of like it doesn't yeah, matter I if mean, you orgasm or not. I've had some great ones, some fantastic ones, but I'm literally right at the point and then I just stay there mm-hmm. and then it just nothing comes from it. I don't literally, <laughs> no pun intended, ah! nothing comes yeah. from it, like nothing. Um, but yeah, like you said, I kind of, it, to me, it's like a precursor, like to mm-hmm. sex. It's like a warm up, like literally 90 seconds, maybe two minutes. Like, okay, all right, let's do this. That was great. Let's, mm-hmm. let's have sex now. <laughs> like yeah. I'm done with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not so your maybe, thing. That's okay. Yeah. Maybe it's not right now. Maybe it will be eventually. I, there's well, nothing wrong with you. And my, my question about when you 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 get to this point, but it doesn't cross over, is there a mindset of the thought of it's not going to happen? It's not going to happen. I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to orgasm. Does that come in during that time? Probably. Probably, probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's probably like, I, I know there's times where I've been with girls and I've told them before they've even started, like, just so you know, I'm not going to this is not gonna, you know, I'm not going to come from it. And I'm like, I'm kind of setting myself up for failure a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I never really thought about it in that context. Like example, I always bring it back to, you know, what I do for my career. Like if you're about to lift some weight 
like a heavyweight, maybe you haven't lifted in a while or, or for the first time, if you're like, man, I don't think I'm going to get this. And you're not going to get, get it. And then you get underneath the bar. It's probably not going to fucking go great. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. now you guys put it for in a good context for me. So maybe who knows? Maybe well, maybe it. now it can be, you know, in the past, I have yet to work out some of this. I'm open to anything happen. I don't really want that to be the set goal. If it happens, that's great. If not, that's great too. So maybe it's more of a reframing of, um, you know, yeah, it, history would show that it's been challenging in the past. That's not your goal, but you're open that anything could change because, you know, your largest sex organ is your brain. And I personally been so surprised on my end of the things that I thought I'd never like, like someone making out with my armpit for a half an hour being one of the most pleasurable things I'd experienced in two Interesting. years. I hate tickling. And I, by, by having an open mind to it, all of a sudden I was like, staying present for all the sensations, all of a sudden I noticed there was pleasure there that I would have lost by just believing the story that I don't like this. So just that, like going, that's the story when you warn the women that you're with about that you just, you know, I don't come from this. Instead, maybe reframing that in a different way. That's more like who knows what will happen and staying open when the thoughts come in that this isn't going to happen, that you actually like put, you know, okay, I see you thought, put that aside and like, just stay open. What am I feeling? Just what am I feeling? No goals. Doesn't need, nothing needs to happen in particular and just see what happens there. I like that. I can't wait for post-quarantine when I could actually practice right. stuff. Shameless <laughs> sex, take applications yeah, for blowjobs yeah, yeah, for yeah. Nick Scopaletti. And, <laughs> and you know what? Your, yeah, your past experiences don't define you. They're just pieces of what's happened in your prior life it's everything right now is up to you and yeah taking i love that taking applications to give dicks couple these the blow jobs you're in the northeast hit me up not new york city though because it's really bad the virus is very bad there outside of that we'll wait for you to come to california what if they could wear a, a hazmat mask maybe and then figure it out that could be my that could be my fetish you know what i mean maybe with like a it has like a cool like protective layer i don't know i'm just you know my brain's going to be you guys should make them that should be we're gonna make merch. this yeah. yeah for merch on shamelesssex.com you can get a sexy <laughs> hazmat outfit <laughs> all right let's move to the last one this has been so i was like this is probably gonna take a half an hour for this call but I'm, we're having a lot of fun with you nick you're awesome you're great. We're going to probably have you back. Make sure you have more life problems so you can come on here and so we can. Amy, that was not nice. Make sure you have more life problems. <laughs> it's comedy. And he's like, I want all of you to get fucked up because we need some job security right now. <laughs> I'm just that having was fun. That was raw there's plenty, right there's plenty of mental damage here. Whatever okay. you guys need. Cool. I mean, we could do the reverse. We could do the comedy version where you're our therapist and I'll oh, get to you all my issues. I got a lot of them too. Okay, last one. <clears throat> so now we're going to relationships. So we did shame. We talked about oral sex. Now we're talking about relationships. Dun, dun, dun. Very much related to what we've already talked about. So you stated that almost all of your exes have gone on to marry the guy right after you. And even the hookups that you're with, they're usually the guy right before that guy, you know, the guy that they actually... Or, like or during the guy. Oh, the guy during know. the guy. Or I didn't know about this. It's happened multiple occasions where like hook up with a girl. When I say hook up, have sex with a girl five days later. She's like with my boo at the pool. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I didn't even know. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Why does this keep happening? <laughs> but I don't know. It's a uh, weird thing. It's five days later. Really? <laughs> there was a girl. I'll never. This was like the, the best out of all of them. There was a girl. Um, we ended up. 
So she came over, you know, we had sex, whatever. And she was going away. We used to work together. She was going away and she's moving to, I think she was moving to Florida. And literally three days later on Facebook, she's like with, with my babe, like poolside at the party. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Serious? Yeah. I was like, it, I mean, it's fine. We weren't going to date. It was just like a last, like whatever. But I was just like, so weird. Like, why wouldn't someone mention that? You yeah. know what I mean? And it Vacation happened to me romance. again. It happened to me again at like a wedding, mm-hmm. uh, a bridesmaid in the wedding. It, nothing happened. I misread the situation completely. She was apparently into me, but she was being very mean. She was playing like the eighth grade flirting thing. You know like she'd I mean? punch you in the arm. Like, I like you. <laughs> and I was with my college buddies. I was like, I'm not in the mood for this. I'm just going to hang out. Like I was just like moved on. Right. And the next day I got like a Facebook message. Like you really missed out last night. And I was like, what? Yeah. And then again, I was like, oh, we can hang out again. She's like, no, well, I have this guy I'm seeing. And I was like. <laughs> One time offer. I was only. like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You just seem like a safe kind of explorative human to maybe get outside their typical box. You just seem very I mean, safe. I, I think a very positive thing. I think there's something to that. Like one of my, one of my closest friends, I just talked to him today because I was telling him I was coming on here. Um, <clears throat> he lives in Portland, Oregon now. So he's out there. But um, we were just talking about this stuff, like about how, you know, I'm always the guy before the guy and whatever. But he was like, dude, you ever notice? And this isn't me bragging about me, but like, you're the center of attention. Like you're the funny guy, like not in a bad way. You're just always like the life of the party. You get invited to 9,000 weddings all the time. And it's like, people always want you, which is expensive and, you know, annoying, but. (laughs) Go fund me for a next wedding. Who knows? I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm out of a few of them. So we'll see. (laughs) That's the next year. Wait, how many weddings have you been in? (sighs) I'm going to have to take a second here. I got to think it's uh, probably over 10. Wow. Guess what? Your girl right here has been in 17. Weddings? No, 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 I am no. the I'm the female version of you, dude. I've been the maid of honor in three, and I've been <sighs> motherfucking in seventeen weddings. Never 17? had my own. I eloped when I did get married. Seventeen. I'm not trying to one up you or name drop. I'm just letting you know. I feel no, like I am I, the female version, the vulva owning version of you, and I don't have a Volvo. I have a Volvo. <laughs> However, what type of car do you guys have? Do you drive Priuses out there or what? No, no. I drive a Honda Civic. Its name is Chip 2.0, a 2015 Civic Chip 2.0, because I had Chip 2, number one, that was 10 years older that I that trained. That thing's been getting fucked up lately. Somebody, like, hit Someone hates me. Yeah. Amy, like, hit, like, hit, accidentally, like, busted her eye out on the window. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got in a minor car accident on Christmas Eve. April oh drives God. a very nice BMW that I'm trying to convince her to trade in for a Honda Civic 2.0. Yeah, it's not going to happen. You guys need to have the same car. So yeah, we want to be twinning. You should get no. Volvos. Yeah, let's get Volvos. We, oh, my God. Volvos. And we can have license plate that says, like, I don't know, something Do they still Volvo. make Volvos? I think so. I would assume so. That's. I mean, that car, those cars last forever. It's a classic. Well, yeah. let's get back to it. Why do you think you get invited to so many weddings? <laughs> you give good speeches? Okay, I, I, I want to say, okay, let's, just, everyone, let's all pay attention to question number one and what came from question number one as they're talking about being afraid of the creepy guy or the rapey guy or the too much guy or the not aggressive guy. And question number three is like, 
why am, do I kind of, it's not like you're not that you're friend zoned, but you're like kind of like hookup friend zoned or like, or like fuck buddy zoned or, or, um, or like the guy before the guy zoned. Like there's some, some theme going on there that I'm curious how there might be related. I think, you know what it is? I really, I thought about this a lot today. I think because I'm funny and like I'm goofy and like people see, I mean, 90% of the time, I'm on like, there's just my personality. I'm, you know, joking around, making jokes, whatever. And I think sometimes people mistake that for like, he's not going to take anything serious, mm-hmm. like, or an immaturity. And I've had multiple people, they sit down with me and actually talk to me about something serious. And they're like, wow, I didn't expect like you to be this way. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, man, I like to have a fun ass time. Like I'm like, that's it. You know, I like to have a good time. But also, like, when it's time to get serious, it's time to get serious. Like, that's, you know, I think with, you know, why I'm always the guy before the guy, if my current ex marries the guy that she's with right now, I'll be three for four on exes (laughs) marrying the guy after me. So I'm trying to get in the Hall of Fame. Um, That's a good percentage. I don't really know what Hall of Fame it would be, but I think it's... uh, (laughs) I'll I'll hang it on my wall, hang that trophy. Yeah, but um, when I look at when I met my last two girlfriends, I use like, you know, my, those are my adult relationships. I'll say that. Um, I, <clears throat> I kind of was in a point of transition when I met these girls, I literally would like met a girl and I just started a new job. These last two relationships, it was crazy. Like it happened both times. One when I was 24 and then one when I was 30, when I met my ex. Um, <clears throat> and I kind of was very upfront with them. I am direct in a lot of ways. Like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm changing jobs. And in personal training, by the way, you don't walk into like a salary. You have to, it's all commission based. So you need to build up your book and it takes a little while. So basically I was like, Hey, and if you're not there, you don't get paid. Okay. Like you lose money. The last two girls I was with, I think I was attracted to them because, you know, they had great jobs, you know, very successful, very independent women. And when it came time to do other stuff, they were like, they're like, you know, I want to go on more trips. And I was like, that's fine. But I give you like one or two a year, but like, I can't go on six. Like, I just can't do it. I need to work. And both of them have said like, well, I I'm, I want like a certain lifestyle. And me being like, okay, I guess, uh, you know, and I tried my best to kind of give it to them. But then I, I realized in the end, nothing was going to be enough. Like it just wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to happen. And they would even like point into this would really upset me. My father's had a had a rough go of it in life. He's gone. I've watched him gone bankrupt twice, and so I think they've seen. They've made comments like, "Seen my dad. He hasn't done well, and you know he's seventy years old now. So he's just going to be working until, you know, till the end of time here. So till you make it, Nick, make it real big. You take care of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's. I mean, I'm doing fine, but (laughs) I help my dad out, but. He's, um, you know, and they see that and they've been like, well, you know, I see what your dad's like. And like, I don't want you to turn into that. And I was like, damn, no one wants to hear that. This is like, this is brutal. Like my father went, it's two different things. My father, like I'm, we're different people, different careers, different personalities. Like I get, he's my dad, but, um, so, I mean, that's how my last two relationships kind of went. And, you know, maybe I just haven't found the right person yet. And I'm not in a rush by any means. Like I'm, I'm cool with being by myself. Uh, I'm an only child, so you have kind of no choice. So you're just chilling. But um, yeah, I'm not really sure why 
And I would love your guys' insight on this, like why I'm the guy before the guy. I just, I just want to comment on uh, one of the things that really stood out with what you said. The folks that are saying the shitty things about your father and his position, dude, he's a boss. Filing bankruptcy is, is what it is. That's a uh, paperwork because of whatever you need to get out of and how many people throughout the, the history right now is a time where people's finances are fucked and I don't want to get political about it. And we don't know what's going to be in the fact that your father's working and, 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 and no, your parents don't define you. Your parents made you and anyone out there that thinks that your parents will define you or that you're going to define your children, give them the power to do whatever they want. And if you're one of those people that's going to, to label people you meet because of their parental upbringing. I mean, I, I grew up as uh, poor and then, you know, upper middle class and then fucking poor as they come. So I, and I have made my own way and that's fucking bullshit. And I get so mad when people, when people, and it's the same with sex, right? Like, okay, you have had these experiences. They don't define you. You can do and make your own rules and do whatever the fuck you want and be as sexually open or closed or whatever. It's up to you. No one is telling you that you have to be a certain way. You are putting the own, your own boundaries on it. I'm saying if it's consensual, right? I'm not telling you to go out there and, you know, date six-year-olds or anything. That's not fucking where I'm at at all. I'm just saying if it's consensual <laughs> adults, like it's like, dude. So the fact of the matter is fuck those people that have said that shitty stuff about like your father and, and, and you being like that, that really, that angers yeah, me a no, little bit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I made peace with it. I made peace with it. It's just, it, it, it was like literally these last two girlfriends back to back have been the same exact way. And I was like, what am I attracting? Again, mm. like back to what you said. Send them this podcast. Okay. What am yeah. I attracting here? <laughs> I should um like what am I attracting here and why like what yeah. what's happened because I'm a pretty like laid back dude I'm not I don't get too caught up in like materialistic stuff like going on trips like you know I'll, I go on trips but like I'm not doing six of them a year like I'm not going to Bali tell them to stop watch, watching the Kardashians on repeat okay <laughs> life isn't like that okay so get off your social media start reading and maybe enhancing your, all right your I, got, I got you I got, I got some I got some things to say Amy will be neutral Amy <laughs> yeah. will be better yeah no, I'm all angry I'm not, maybe yeah she's angry spice and it's okay to be angry spice and and um and I totally get that because that doesn't feel good especially because they're also just telling doesn't none of that feels good but what what and what i will say about that okay two things come to mind one read me honko he's a sex educator r-e-i-d me honko is his last name he has a workshop it's online called date your own species and it's not like your white date another white person or your asian date another asian you know or like you're jewish right, 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 else yeah. that likes you know whatever um it's more of like you're the people that you have shared interests and core values and also are where you have this alignment that goes way beyond because here's the thing about dating we get stuck. We, you know, the people like, you know, the women who date the bad guy, why do I keep dating the bad guy? Cause of your, your parental issues, you know, and, you know, and, and, and things like that. And, and, and I've had my own patterns of like, why am I dating something that reminds me of my father? Oh yeah. Cause I haven't worked that shit out yet. Um, and, or someone who's a complete opposite that still might not be right for me. Um, and so there's, you know, there's m multiple parts there getting clear on your parental wounding and how that might show up in your relationship here. What, you know, what, what the women you're seeking, how might they resemble some stuff that's related to parental stuff. Um, and then dating your own species, getting really good at the people that you actually give any energy to that they're people that you ha are, feel like there is at least some alignment and basic 
core values and, and interests. And the other thing too that you shared is that the comedy thing about like you think, you know, the funny thing being so funny that you get kind of put in this category. Um, and I'm just curious about that is like maybe how early on as you start to talk to the people where it's like, you're the funny guy, funny guy, but you're starting to talk to them and flirt with them in that environment at the wedding or wherever. Um, and you make sure to share some more seriousness or vulnerability there, like from the, from the start. Um, even if the comedy is the kind of the opening act, you know, right. that early on you show them all of you so that you don't just become that one thing, one person. And then when they decide they want to actually go on the date with you, they've already seen flashes of all of you. They know that that's who, what they're signing up for. Um, cause a lot of people hide those parts of themselves because we have our masks that we're comfortable with. I'm one of them. I'm, I hide behind sarcasm and things a lot. And, um, and uh, and I know that when I share more of myself, not everyone can handle it. They're not the right fucking people for me. But the people that are like, well, you're kind of weird and out there and talk about childhood wounding pretty early. All right, I'm into it. Then I'm like, my person, <laughs> dating my own species. Um, so yeah, so maybe go check out Reed's, that whole thing. But it's probably, there's probably many, many layers there. And there's probably just this old old patterns, um, most likely, that... Um, and and the yeah people that you choose are related to those those old patterns and um, I, I think you're wonderful. Check that shit out. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm, think I'm you're pretty awesome. dope. I appreciate yeah. you. Guys. You are. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I will add one more piece. And I hope I probably triggered a few people with my anger. However, that's I'm bad. passionate about that. that. anger. I think that's ca- your California version of anger because well, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I thought I just, it was also sweet because you were also like you know what don't fuck with my friend Nick. Well, I've also been, I feel like tagged or labeled in that way. Like someone will will kind of label me or, or not expect something out of, out of me. And so I guess it really did hit home. And I guess a lot of what you were uh, speaking on today, on today's show did, did speak to me. And I, I I think our listeners will really resonate with this because it was beautifully vulnerable. And, and I think like we, I, I know Amy fucking dude, her, her love language is getting deep and, and going through all the vulnerability. So you just tapped right. You, you caressed her guitar strings and mine too. So <laughs> I, I know our listeners will, will absolutely value you and, and everyone out there. Listen to the Mangina podcast. We have been on it before. Uh, it's pretty funny. I'm not going to say pretty funny. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, Amy and I've been on it before. We were like, why'd you call it Mangina? And you had some awesome uh, reasoning. And I can't, even, I can't even remember. I think it was something from like a movie or I don't know, something ridiculous. But yeah, check it out. It's the Mangina Dialogues. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But can you tell have, people how to find you in general as well? Please? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Nick Scopes. It's uh Nick, you guys know how to spell that. N-I-C-K. S-C-O-P-E-S on Instagram. And then the Mangina Dialogues. Literally, you can find that on Instagram and everywhere that a podcast can ever be hosted. We have it on all all the platforms. Um, And check that shit out. And if you're in the Northeast, come check out when this shit is finally over. We have a comedy club we book here in Southern Connecticut and South Norwalk. Um, We have headliners coming in from New York City. So... Hopefully this shit gets cleared up and we can get back to hosting awesome shows. You will. And if you want to date Nick, you just send us your profile and we will try to actually someone told us on Instagram live that shameless sex should have our own dating app, which you know what we are considering right now. And 
we Sign might just do that. Yeah. And then someone amazing, I think some one of uh, the listeners from the Middle East, he said he was from the Middle East, was like, can you have a halal section for those in the Middle East? Like, oh, yeah, we will. Be inclusive as they come. Everyone's welcome. Come to our dating app. That's so awesome. anyway, uh, <laughs> I just want to thank you, Nick, for taking the time thank with us. And we would love to have you back yeah. again. Uh, Chip, I love you so much. I love you, Dip. I love you, Dip. I love (laughs) you. And to all of our shameless sex listeners out there, we love you so much. You have no idea how much we love you. I dream about you at night. I think about you all the time. I do you, you masturbate to them though? Sometimes it's masturbation may. You know what? Sometimes Woo-hoo. I'm like, yeah, I love our shameless sex listeners. And I just ah. rub one out. Amy, you can't help it. Okay. I like it. Uh, I do the same will... for our podcast. Oh, oh good. Fuck it, all right. You just got eight more listeners. By saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. If, yeah. If you have a minute of your day, go and rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Let everyone know how much you love us because we read all of them and we take all of your feedback to heart. So thank you for listening to this bonus episode. Y'all, this is ad free. So I won't tell you anything except that I love you more and more and more every day. So we'll see you next Tuesday and potentially next Friday in this quarantine space and for any bonus episode. All right, y'all. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.